Support for This is an Experiment is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you. That is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EXPERIMENT at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. The artist's brain is an independent variable. When brought into the everyday world, their senses find meaning in even the most mundane observations. The reaction must only be told by the artists themselves. I'm Loverboy, and this is an experiment. Today, I have two guests that are two people that I love very, very much. I got an incredible songwriter, artist, and a producer who goes by the name of Crash, and then sitting right next to him is the incredible Tyler, who is an artist and a songwriter. He hails from Riverside, California, and he hails from Rhode Island. Mm. These two guys are the definition of talent. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Please welcome my friends, Crash and Tyler. Thank welcome, you, guys. Thank, thank you for you. having us. Oh, dude, I really I'm, appreciate I'm, it. Thank you guys for coming by. You know, I've been so excited to have this happen, and we we did one last week, but... We're going to replace it with a nice longer one where I can actually get in more depth with these questions because you are an interesting man and you are a fucking interesting man (laughs) and I'm only learning more every time. So this season is about the balance between being a creative and the business side. And this industry, as much as I wish it was nothing but creative, there's a big side of it where you have to be a business person. You have to fight for yourself and you have to be able to read your contracts and you have to be able to do all this stuff that isn't so creative. But then you also have to be able to kind of flip the gear and become a creative within minutes, you know? Mm. It's this really weird dichotomy. And I kind of want to just start by asking you guys both the question of how do you find the balance between your creativity and your your art? Let's start with whoever wants to go first. Um, I think early on, so I, I come from the business side of music originally. I, I ran a record label with, um, with a Grammy award winning DJ, DJ Sharam back in, uh, it was like 2012, 2016. Mm -hmm. And it kind of schooled me to the game, especially how important it is to know this business. Right. Um, but I also think having good people around you have, have great management, um, and lawyer who, vet kind of the bullshit that comes through and and uh they know what to fight for and things like that and i would say i'm someone who needs that because like you're saying uh you know you have to flip the switch and do the business side of things and i think early on i wasn't so um proficient at that um it was one or the other either i dive into the business and a fight and and get into the um get into the pit so to speak but now uh, but when i would do that my creativity would suffer right Mm. so having good people around me has really changed that for me um also like you know getting fucked over in more ways than one you know uh there's so many ways to be fucked in this industry yeah and when it's almost trial and error right like we there's no one who just like goes in clean and comes out clean right absolutely uh so learning from how you get fucked and looking for those red flags again um 
I just think it's it's a process. You know, yeah. it's definitely not something that you know you can't just go. The, no one stories or no two stories are the same, and um, it's a process that you need to experience and and learn just by doing. Yeah, you kind of start creating this uh, guidebook for yourself. Yeah. Um, the, the, the point of this podcast is to become this overarching way that people can find, find ideas on how to get into the industry, how mm. to get through it. But I, I talked about this on, on one of my past uh, solo ones is that I also don't want people looking at what we're all saying and saying, oh, I have to do that. That's my right, plan. Right. And that's such a big part of this. Like you two are both found incredible success in your own different sides of the industry. But I guarantee your your the way you you got there and the different choices you guys made were incredibly different. And Have for good be. reason. Right. They had to be. In, um, in the same conversation too, when people ask, you know, how do I and what do I need to do? It's like, well, here's what I did, but you know, it's not going to you're not going to make those same decisions. Absolutely. Like, you know, so uh, you can only you can only talk to people and understand that it's a hard road that you need to overcome a lot of obstacles and keep believing in yourself. And, totally. and and if you do those two things, then you'll eventually find yourself in a position where you have a business yeah. and you're making money, you know? Um, but I always say this too. It's like everyone who has been successful in any facet in life, like they're, they just never stop doing it. Right. And so it's like uh, the, believing in yourself and, and being so consistent. And, and that was for me, like um, I would say the biggest thing for me that got me, um, across the barrier of wanting to be in the industry and being in the industry is I wrote two songs a day for almost three years for no reason other than the fact that I love to do it and that I believed that I had the skills to do it. And that's such a big thing. And uh, I, I just talked to a buddy of mine about a, a similar idea, which is you look at these people like Casey Neistat. You mm -hmm. look at these people like Jake and Logan Paul. And everybody says that they got the success so quick, but then you look and you realize how much content they created in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And that brings us also over to you yeah. because you are a very great person to connect those two worlds. You found your success making what I consider to be fucking super badass POV videos mm -hmm. and, and acting and finding this whole sort of uh, creativity, this, this lane that, is it's it's still new to the world you know we know it so well because we're surrounded by it but you were one of the people who was at the forefront of that and right you also had to make that switch into music and and kind of find what worked and what didn't and and you really have this great balance between the two how have you done it i think a lot of people just force it hmm. um i think there was like beauty in the struggle as far as like i found something that i loved and also that I didn't want to keep doing the POVs because, like I said, I was so self-conscious of, like, going out in public and uh, not being recognized for what I did. Always, I was getting made fun of for somebody else's videos, right? Um, so, you can't, I couldn't do that forever. My self-esteem and, like, my insecurities were just, like, controlling me. Yeah. So, I think I went to the... I don't know. I just really, I love music. So I think that's what I started doing. And I've always had a camera in my hand, even when I was a kid, even like music, always as a kid, I would take pictures. Like I have this story when I was a kid, like, uh, my grandma gave me a camera when I was like three and I took pictures of like the dog shit. 
and I took pictures of like my <laughs> dick. And I would take pictures of like crazy shit. And Wait, as an innocent, you? like three years old. Oh my god! My my, I take would fix at three. Yeah, and I wasn't really. Sheesh. It wasn't really like something I was noticing. I was doing right. Yeah, it was just you were. It was so innocent. So way ahead of your time. It's what was around. Right. So <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I just always loved photography, like videography and yeah. cinema and music. Like my parents would, I would get in trouble. I would have to stand in the corner for like hours because they found uh, the card uh, well done on the Tyga. Oh yeah. Uh, the sorry for the wait wow. for Lil Wayne and uh, and like and you know Outkast and stuff. So and they didn't want you. Listening they didn't to want it. me listening. I you know I grew up in the Christian home and my dad listened to like Rick Ross and stuff, but <laughs> not you. Better not have that on your iPod. <laughs> yeah. You know. You couldn't so. hear any her. Right. <laughs> But, but I think well, well, TikTok was an amazing app for you because it was an intersection of video, yeah, yeah, video and music. Right. I think I built a fo- like I built a following doing these POV videos, doing mm-hmm. my own sets, and and I wa- I'm going to be like the top rated actor. Uh, I just found out that you know TikTok was the closest thing I could use because the pandemic that it would be a profile. Like a TikTok or a acting profile. It's like a resume. A yeah. resume, right? But Absolutely. like, no fucking Hollywood. At least that I was like, I was like, there's no way that they're gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna choose this guy on TikTok. Completely. But it's a completely way. But yeah, it's got me like a lot of opportunities, right? So like, absolutely. Like the YouTubers and stuff, and the show, and uh, I guess just really just believing in what you want to do. And being different and not like being different where it's out of you, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. And I think part of this too, which I think is, is, has a weird connotation and a weird stigma is the fact that if you want this badly enough, you're willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jack Johnson, the artist has this song called washing dishes. And the whole point of the song is there's this girl that he likes that's at the place where he washes dishes and he goes, I can think about this two ways. I can think that, wow, I'm the the dishwasher. She's going to think I'm a nobody. Or maybe she'll think I'm a hard worker and she'll see what I'm willing to do to create a beautiful life. Mm. And, you know, for some people waking up and going to a 5 a.m. shift at Starbucks so they can do their sessions for the day, those are the people who have what it takes to make it happen. Whatever you have to do to get yourself in the room and to pay your bills and to make sure that you can put as much into your music as possible is worth it. And... You told me a story about you painting uh, numbers on like yeah. the doorsteps of houses and, and <clears throat> asking people saying, hey, give me, how much was it, 20 bucks? Yeah, it's 20 bucks cash, Venmo, Zelle, anything they had. And essentially, they're, I don't know whoever's listening to this, but in California, there's suburbs, houses where there's four or five numbers um, on the curb. And basically what I would do is uh, the ones that were faded, the numbers, I would, you know, create this you know, uh, this thing, yo, you can't have the, the numbers faded because in case of an emergency, uh, you know, <laughs> you're or so, if you're, if you're having Uber <laughs> come over, they want to see your house because these numbers on your wall aren't really visible at night. So, uh, it I got the help. reflective, reflective white paint that if you shine your car light on it, it would, it would be a lot more visible. So, these guys would snatch. These people would snatch it up and be like, "Yeah, what's well, twenty bucks, kid?" So I would pay all my bills like that in the last like two months before Songhouse, where I met him. 
which is a and, uh, great transition. I mean, I mean, even ask him, like, I, even to this day, I always hit him up. Yo, when are we going to link? When are we going to link? When are we going to link? You know, because, uh, yeah, I just want to be the best. Well, and one of the things, so before I have my, my podcasts, especially when I'm doing a one-on-one, I reach out to anybody I can that is has a relationship with whoever's coming on, and I, I try to nardwar them, if you will. Mm. And um, one of the things that Crash said about you is he said that no matter where you're at at any time, you're the hardest worker in the room. And that's a really fucking big deal because you can start something new like music, which you had the love for, and you knew that you had what it take to make it happen. And that comes out of the fact that you have the work, work ethic. You know, the work ethic is everything. And, and clearly... Just hearing more of your stories crash, I mean, that's obviously something that you rely on pretty heavily is the fact that you're willing to go and get whatever it is done and make mm-hmm. sure it happens and do it right every single time. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. You got to be the hungriest person in the room. You don't have to be yep. the best every time. You have to be the most hungry. Yeah. You have to need it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just kind of curious, where did you guys both get this like diehard work ethic that will become the a huge pillar to the, to the success you both find? Um, I think for me, it was growing up in Rhode Island. It's a small state, not much. It's not like not much going on, but there's a comfortability like any hometown. Absolutely. Um, only it's the whole state. It's generations staying. And, and, you know, my aunt went to high school with your uncle and, uh, you know, my cousin knows your cousin, like all this stuff. Right. And, and that's all good and well, but I think I had, and, and, you know, side note, I love that bubble for them. I love that bubble for anybody who finds happiness in whatever they do and comfortability and it happy for you. Right. So nothing against that. But I think I just had something about wanting to see the world, wanted to do something bigger than myself. And um, and art early on really did that for me. Um, I have older siblings. I'm the youngest and uh, much older siblings. And they were running when they got their license. And I was eight, you know, uh, seven eight years old you know they were the ones bumping Eminem's new LP and things like that and so I got exposed to like music really uh, really early so I think that early um, exposure mixed with my curiosity for life outside of New England um, uh, led me to and, and also my, my family they did well for themselves my siblings and, and they worked hard in everything they did and mm-hmm. so to have those examples um, um, I just knew that it took a relentless effort to achieve whatever I wanted to achieve and that if I wanted to achieve it outside of my comfort zone, then I would have to be okay with maybe being broke for a while, maybe like just paying dues, like, like anyone would in, you know, whatever profession or anything they're, they're trying to accomplish. Um, and I promised myself that I would never work in a cubicle. Um, so I, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I went to George Mason university um, and I dropped out three credits shy of graduating. Wow. Yeah. I had, um, I had enough credits to walk across stage. So I, I brought my family to Virginia as they saw me walk. And then I told them the news and I was like, basically if I do this and it was it based business minor. It's like, basically if I do this, I have a fallback. And, um, what I really want is art. And I want to put my creativity to use in the world and show people what I can do. And and I don't ever want to feel like um, there's something to fall back on. So I'm totally. I'm not do I'm not going to finish. 
And so that mixed with the promise that I would never work in a cubicle. Um, I never have. I've always been employed in, in, in entertainment or arts. Um, it's just the chips that I put on my shoulder that I carry through. That's just the it. relentless work ethic. And that, that sort of self-implied um, border between being able to fall back on something, the fact that you left that to the side and said, you know what? If I have something to fall back on, then knowing the cushion is there, a lot of times you're going to fall on the cushion. 100%. Um, and the fact that you did it that way is phenomenal. And I told myself when I was younger, a cubicle will never have me in it mm -hmm. unless it's a fucking music video. Yeah. And I haven't worked in a cubicle. And I'm, well, I've, I have drive Lyft. I drive Uber. I worked do at the Apple Store for a while. I mean, whatever it takes to, to get there and to make it happen and yes. to understand that 100% of your day is grinding. Mm-hmm is a huge thing. And, yeah. and I find that when you give yourself three hours to do something that takes five, or you give yourself eight hours to take something to take that, if you give yourself eight hours to take, to do something that takes uh, five hours, yeah. those three hours, you're probably going to work a lot harder than if you had more than was necessary. Yep. And I think it's, it's crazy to, to like grow up how I grew up and then hear what he, like his worth ethic and where it energizes. Cause mine's like totally different. Mine's more like deeper as far as not that his isn't deep, but mine's more like family. Like I, I feel like I'm chasing validation from my dad constantly, hmm. you know? And so, and I love my dad and I, I probably got like, I'm, he's proud of me like once in my life. And that was for something I never wanted to do. And I was wrestling. Hmm. And uh, to me, I think a lot of my worth ethic was just, validation you know validation from my my parents and like i never really like i had a stepmom but like i didn't my mom was like on drugs and stuff so like i just always wanted to do what i wanted to do and my dad would never like let that slide mm -hmm. and i think the biggest thing for me is is look dad i, I was on a show like i just won the show and I don't think it, it still wasn't like, all right, but that is that stable enough. So like I asked myself, it, it's pretty toxic in a way because it's once you, there's not a cap, there's no limit. Once you win a Grammy or you win an Oscar, you know, it's like in your heart, it's, it's within you that you have to deal with that. Right. Totally. So I think I'm still like, I'm this kid that is like chasing this validation with also trying to repair all these wounds totally as still going you know and i think what's important no matter who you are is that you look for the fuel that that works for you and whether it's a positive or negative situation you use it to your advantage right um and i think what you're doing is you found that the validation means something to you and it's something that you're looking for and you're clearly also aware of the situation and you understand that there's no cap what that means is that if you're always chasing it, you're always going to be working hard. And, and it's, it's something that you can use as fuel. And a negative situation or a, uh, a negative relationship, the, I think the most power, powerful thing you can do with it is to take it into your own hands and flip the situation like you're doing. That the way, what you're doing for yourself, I, I'm sure that, that the fuel, a lot of the fuel comes from this relationship with your dad, but you're clearly you're clearly working for yourself as well. And you're clearly a, a successful person outside of even just the TV show and all this stuff. I'm, I'm talking as a, 
as a as a, a human being. Right. Sitting down with you last time was I felt like I was sitting down next to somebody that I will be friends with for a very long time. Yeah. And that's what you that's what you do. I don't know what your dad was like. I don't know any of the situation, but what I do know is all these crazy situations that happened made a really great person. Yeah. And a really hardworking person. And that was exactly what Crash told me is, mm-hmm. "Hey, this kid is not only as sweet as can be, but he wants it. He fucking wants it." And no matter where that comes from, dude, you're doing that. And yeah, that's yeah. Thank you. That's something that I think a lot of these people need to hear is, and I appreciate you being so honest about it. And and a big part of my struggle is looking for validation from my father as well. And, and it's my dad and I have a phenomenal relationship. He's one of my best friends. He's very upfront, proud of me. And and the validation isn't something that he needs. Like he he's already there. But it's for me, it's it's something that I work for because that keeps me going. Mm. Um, and everybody's got their own way of doing it. And clearly you're, you've got some incredible ways of working through your situations Mm -hmm. and and finding your success too. And, and I think, I think it's all just based on whatever my situation is, is it making me get up in the morning and work hard right? and fucking painting streets and paying your bills that way. And, and also making music while making fucking TikToks. I mean, he was just saying before, there's nothing harder than being an influencer when you have to make, it sounds ridiculous to say. For those who aren't um, actively pursuing that type of lifestyle, Absolutely. but it is work. It takes, oh yeah, it takes a lot of physical toughness to actually go about your day and do six, seven, and it takes mental toughness to mm-hmm. or to deal with the repercussions of maybe not nailing something on you know and giving something to the public that maybe they don't respond well to, and then it uses up all your creativity on the side. Yeah, so that's the three aspects of your brain and body yeah. that you're and if you don't have pulling. a machine behind fucking making these ideas or filming or and that's that's why i got this job to have a videographer and it because bro i'm doing these these videos and i'm like bro i'm spent like i want i yep. i, I want to go to this session but i'm like bro what do i what am i talking what am i thinking about like i'm just so dissociated like absolutely because i'm mm-hmm. on the screen and to be honest bro it's toxic yeah for me at least like going on instagram and like having to compare like i compare like that's my biggest thing. me too yeah so yeah. i mean that's human nature right i don't know i would say it's much actually i can't really say that but i would think that it would be easier for younger generations to thrive in this because they've been in it since the beginning right social media or just like having phones in general right. but like when i was graduating high school was when facebook was college emails only yeah. You know, you could only be on there. And so, like, and that was it. And, like, you know, um, posting here and there. But, like, um, but now it's, like, you, you got to be 24-7 putting yourself out there. And people are animals on there. People, yeah. part of people's way of getting off on social media, the other side of it, their full-time job is to make sure that they let other people know how much they dislike what they're doing. And that all comes from a place of, I wish you were, I wish I was doing what you're doing. Right. You know, but... That's what's crazy about this is if if you're in this world, you're also surrounded by 10 times more hecklers, if you will. Mm. And, and part of the ruggedness of being an influencer is finding a way to no longer uh, listen to the hecklers. And that's fucking – for me, that wouldn't be – that's not a thing. That's like, a skill. If like, I get big enough to where I have hecklers, which I really hope to find success that, that allows that many people to see me – Yeah. 
but that's something I'm going to have to work on. That's something I'm going to come to you for when I'm in that place. Yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah. dude, how do I handle this? Because it's, it's so, it, I just, I can't imagine. I mean, right now there's nobody who's harder on me than me. Mm. And, and that I know for sure. But what happens when that changes? What happens when people are harder on you than you are to yourself? Mm. What do, do you just make your daily struggle, the choice of it that much tougher so that people can't get to there? Do I work out harder than everybody else so that they, they how, however bad they are to me, it's not worse than the workout I did? Or is it staying up all night trying to make a song and being hard on myself there? Like, how do you find that balance? I mean, I just, I don't get it, but it's, it's a talent. I it's think it's a, a, a lot of it is just like self-awareness, man. Like a lot of it is a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. and you're not going to get it tomorrow and it's not in a month. Like for the longest time, I felt resentment towards other people because they would be like, I would kill for Cody Co or these like big YouTubers to like roast me. And it's like, you wouldn't though and 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 a lot of people still to this day like say the music's trash because i built this following based on like people hating on me and stuff so it's definitely hard because i'm already hard on myself Mm -hmm. right i already got these voices telling me that i'm not good enough already and i'm trying to fight that with also the internet telling me and you're vulnerable no matter what anyone says you're going to be vulnerable at least you can be on it 99%, but that 1%, you're, you're going to be like, all right, fuck, they're right. And you're not going to completely demolish your career, but sometimes you think at night, you're like, fuck, nothing's happening happening with these. And you create these narratives like, oh, this person didn't want to work with me this week. Like, like I would create these narratives like, oh, I'm fucking a shitty artist. Otherwise, they would be hitting me up right now saying, let's work. You know, so I create these like narratives and then you start even going deeper when you're driving home and you're like, yeah, dude, I'm dog shit. Why am I doing this? And then there's some days where I'm like, the fuck? Like, I'm going to be the best ever. And that's the dichotomy of being an artist. Yeah, is, that'll right. never change. Right, right. It, but. It's, you have the people who, who are as talented as it gets and they'll walk in a room shaking. And, you, and somebody else look at them and be like, are they okay? Like, I don't get it. They're, they know what they're doing. And then you'll have somebody like a Kanye West who part of why he's successful is the the sheer ignorance to anything but success. Mm. And and maybe I think for everybody, it's just finding that balance and seeing what works for you and and kind of figuring out the best way to to handle it for yourself. Mm. I think that's an issue with the social media world is you're comparing your situation to so many people that it's too big of a group to get a concise, a concise uh, verdict on on how you should be going about these situations like everything's new a closed door isn't an end of an opportunity Mm -mm. it's not the end so like kanye west all these labels that are you know saying no 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 that was he went back to the drawing board and said fuck that and that's who made that's what made kanye right absolutely otherwise i don't yeah who knows what you know what happened but i'm just saying i think a lot of these turndowns or or people not wanting to work with them or you know i think it was a lot of self-realization and you go back to the drawing board and you go harder absolutely trust me i live for the experiment but there is one place in my life that i don't want to be an experiment and that's when trimming my balls 
Luckily, the Performance 4.0 package is here. Inside this package, you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a new travel bag to hold all of your new favorite things. I needed the Lawnmower 4.0 so much more than I ever realized. This thing has a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, all thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. A flashlight so I can actually see where I'm trimming. And not only that, but this thing's waterproof, so I can trim just about anywhere. I love this thing, and I love the whole 4.0 package from the lawnmower, the weed whacker, the crop preserver, the crop reviver, and all the free gifts they threw in. Trust me, fellas, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code EXPERIMENT at manscaped.com. Com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code experiment at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You guys have talked about something a few times, which is the TV show. Mm. Should we um, smoke? Oh, let's smoke a joint too. <laughs> I love it. Go there. All right, but not yet. Go on. Let's see. Let's see how coherent we are by the end of this. <laughs> Crash yeah, is going to write. We yeah. might be talking about. Crazy. Frogs and shit. <laughs> Dude, the DMT shit is crazy. <laughs> I have a crash is going to write 80 songs by the end of this one. Yeah, right. So you guys were on a TV show together. And before I bring that up, mm. I want to roll back a little bit. Because mm. I just found out about 25 minutes ago that that was not Crash's first TV show. And not only that, was it, it was not his first music TV show. Mm. And even before that, it wasn't his first time on film doing something that involved music. Right. So let's go back two steps real fast okay. to Hee Hee, to Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, so I was featured in um, <laughs> Ghost of Girlfriends Past, um, a movie that we did. Um, we shot in Boston in 2008. That's with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Emma Stone. Um, and I played like a young like Michael Jackson um, that did like uh, like Moonwalk at his old high school dance. And <laughs> Did I was, you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that was my first um, encounter with entertainment, Hollywood. To be, I mean, <laughs> so how'd amazing. you get that? So, uh, so this girl that I went to high school with, she was an extra in the movie. And the director, Mark Waters, who also did like Spiderwick Chronicles and like a bunch of other shit. Um, he was like, hey, like we need somebody who can dance and like do the moonwalk and like all this stuff. And it's for this scene tomorrow and for whatever. So I so she comes back to school and she's like, yo, like uh, tonight, like I'm going to bought. And I was like, you know, I tell, tell my parents about it. And they're like, yeah, OK, go, go do your little thing. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I I tried out in front of the director, did the moonwalk, pop locked it. Like I used to I used to be I was like most musical in high school like one of those you know and uh and like i used to break dance used to do all the shit and so she was like would you want to go so i went and uh auditioned uh right in front of mark waters and got it on the spot i spent three days on set with matthew mcconaughey and emma doing that doing the whole that suit whole red leather jacket white glove yeah. whole thing uh and, and it's on netflix too so at the, it's 34 and a half minutes in if anyone uh, wants to check it out I, we're gonna we're gonna link that and we'll keep the time codes there you go um, uh, so yeah so that was my first introduction and uh you know that shot in boston before i even graduated high school but like i knew i was like uh and people close to me when i was young they were like you're gonna be famous they're like you, you there's something 
something here and you know coming from rhode island it's just not it's just not a thing you know it's just not like so many people make it that far so yeah so then i did that and then um i did a songwriting um show called the cut for red bull in 2017 and i won that and won a uh, publishing deal started writing for people after that and then after so that crazy. i hosted a um a album uh, with Twista and Paul Wall called Red Bull Presents, and I was like the host and main songwriter for that for those two shows, and then we did uh, the show that we met on. <laughs> I do know about that. He's the like one that he sh that he won. So that's he's like I the Ryan Seacrest of songwriting. I just gotta stay in the shadows, but like, <laughs> but like I'll pop up every now and then for a little cameo. I love it. So. <laughs> So first of all, sorry for rolling such a fucking oh, terrible a, joint. That's not terrible. That's a beast. The, this filter. Yeah, is I'm not... pretty uh, spacey, but uh... <laughs> so tell me, tell me about your show. Is it? Is there a name for it already? Are you allowed to say the name? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Songhouse Live. But I really don't know where it like is right now. Like as far as where it's in the is business the, sphere, the status somewhere. of yeah, um, but yeah, like what network summer. is going to be on and stuff like that. <laughs> We uh we spent two months together in uh in a house outside of New York City, um and with eight other yeah musicians. Break it down for me. Break it down. <laughs> so I was in a, so I was doing. I told you that I was doing this. This was back in March or April. Yeah, probably about a year ago, honestly, uh, around May actually, and I was doing the the painting the house numbers, and I went into this like three day depression where i was like i've been working nonstop every day for with this music stuff i you know i believe in god and i have a relationship with god so i would st i was staying in my room for like three days straight and i had some water but i really had didn't have anything to drink <laughs> i would shit in the corner i mean i mean to eat and i literally was like depressed bro the lowest probably the lowest point of my life i felt like a low life i felt like a reject and i was living in the back house of my grandma's mm -hmm. When my manager gets a call from his manager, uh, Benton, and Benton had saw like this video that I had posted. It was just a video, f uh, audio file, like a snippet, and it had like thirteen hundred views. Nothing crazy, nothing like yeah at all. And he he really fucked with it. So he's like invited me and seven other musicians. Well, you had a million followers. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, which is, you know, but my engagement was shit because I wasn't doing the POVs. I was doing the music. Right. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, he invited me to be on the show and the show consisted of seven other contestants that would compete for a, a record deal, um, with Capitol records and living in Vera Wang's house in upstate New York and have cameras 24 seven and, there was catering. It was it was crazy dope. That's so fun. So, tell me your part on this. Um, so I was the resident songwriter producer. Um, I lived in the house, and over the course of eight weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks um, or six. Uh, basically, every contestant needed to produce a five to eight track EP. Um, and everyone was wildly unique, um, super individualistic. And, uh, so the process that I, the process that I underwent was, or the, the task I underwent was, um, collaborating, finding their sound, um, developing their sound, um, writing their songs, 
and recording them. It's got to be a crazy experience to to be a, a songwriter mm. and have that be your day to day and go to do something like this where you go from being a songwriter to being a producer, it, 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 not in the sense of creating the music, but in the sense of you are producing a new artist. For sure. You are, you are building up somebody who this is something new for them. So your job is to understand how they can find the category they, they like the most and where mm-hmm. they fit the best, how they can find where their vo- their uh, vocal range is. And exactly. Just, I mean, pl- like, please go in more if you can. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Um, first of all, incredible. I want to say that there were also two producers that were doing actual, like, the productions yeah. on things. Uh, Kato on the track. Oh, yeah. Um, great, great guy, phenomenal producer, close friend. Um, can't say enough good things about him. And Michael Pullman, um, who I had met for the first time doing the show. Phenomenal producer, does everything, multi-instrumentalist. Um, so, yeah, so the three of us were, were tasked with, um, you know, the collaboration aspect of developing these artists. Um, but, yes, but it was me living in, in the house and working one-on-one with actually, like, what do we want to say today? And what are we thinking? How are we feeling? You know, and then uh, we would get in and then write those songs. It's almost like a therapist for half of it. Um, I definitely that's my style of songwriting because I'm so um, empathetic to to the point where I was like, you know, if someone's just not having a good day and I walk into the studio, like we're writing a sad song today because I just got sad and yeah. I, I'm not feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it was a crazy journey to, exp- to see um, Tyler, the other seven that were like, here's where I want to get. Here's, here's what I think the potential is. And then eliminating all the things that like get in the way of that and just kind of like crafting just like artists. Right. And to see like the journey to be a part of the journey in such a short time. Like imagine um, for some of them never doing music before. And then in eight weeks, we need a eight track EP. Did anybody play any instruments? Oh, Uh, yeah. Alec. Alec plays everything. Alec is a multi-instrumentalist. So like, yeah, that's the thing. I was so intimidated coming on the show. But I have a video. I could pull it up later if we could pull it up literally right here. Uh, and, fucking... get, and Diego played guitar. I and was trying Diego to... played Can guitar. Can we pull up a video? We only have the eight on set. We don't have the computer plug in the video. All right. We'll uh, link a video so you'll yeah, send it cool. to us. Yeah. Uh, I literally say I'm going to win this record deal. But um, obviously my insecurities, I was like, dude, everyone plays instruments. Everyone can sing well. Everyone built a following based on music, right? Except for like one or two one person mm-hmm. and uh when i w- went on the show you know it was like shit he could play the guitar harmonica fucking he could play the the skin flute <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh everyone could play everything right? it's a tough one to play yeah right <laughs> so uh yeah i don't even know where i was going with this but i was just like super intimidated because i i could only hit high notes that are like because i'm emotional or whatever like i don't know anything about singing like that right so it's just um, a lot on the line it's just a stre- like a high stress environment that he you're was writing to- every every fucking 15 minutes tell me how many tracks people. you wrote i mean so if it was eight track ep for everybody we also yeah but we did others we did for each of them we also did others that didn't make the cut I mean, it was literally just 24-7 writing. Probably like 70 songs. At, at least. least. At least. At least. <laughs> it was it was crazy. And it was like uh, you're in the studio till 4 a.m. And then you're back in the studio 10 a.m. And it was like um, 
working around the clock, um, shifting different genres. Dude, that's so sick. It, it was awesome. Like, I, I'm not going to sell that short. It was yeah. the, it, the experience and um, just the, um, I guess, the skills that I learned in, like, shifting my train of thought mm -hmm. and, like, hitting different genres and, like, um, also, like, what, you know, dealing with, like, influencers, um, most of them, and, like, just people who have large fan bases and and younger it was dope to just see bounce ideas and just yeah. like let's try this and let's go for that and what do you think and, and it's funny how some things that i thought were really dope they were like that's corny as fuck like or like that's whack as fuck and it's like okay i can see why now like straight up you know um but you you, you know you can ask tyler like I would throw a million ideas out there. Like, and that's my, my style of writing. Like we're in the room. It's like this now. Cool. It's like, you can shit on any idea I have, but like, I'm gonna come back with another idea. Yeah. yeah like, and right and, and uh, so we would be playing pool while this is happening too. Like, cause the studio had a pool table. So we just playing pool, like saying, nah, what if we went like that? Or we're, we were writing like money in the bank and, and we were talking about, and he was just throwing ideas like while just hitting this fucking behind the shot eight ball, <laughs> like, and I it was just an experience, bro. It was such an experience. And then yeah. we would like, uh, it had a lake, like a, a lake on the property, like you right. really like the house owned it, and what? uh, so just like looking at the lake and then like writing. Um, you I know, imagine if you have a lot of if you have a lot of influence influencers, you probably the place will probably be pretty badass. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and it was. Absolutely. Um, and we would write most of our songs outside. The only one we did in was Thunder Bay. It was inside. And I think, like, that house would be so crazy to, like, revisit. Mm. And, like, see how much people have, like, um, grew. Yeah. Well, so Tyler won that show, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't skip over that, dude. You fucking won it. Yeah. That's yes. amazing. Uh, I won it. Congratulations. Yeah, it's crazy. Thank you, bro. I mean, uh, it was an internal vote by all contestants. Was it? Uh, well, yeah, like uh, executive, like yeah. the, the producers and the record deal. Yeah, or the and, record. And people from label and the stuff, label, yeah. like everyone submitted there. And uh, and I, I think internally in the house, too, like everyone kind of knew. Um, What's the which price? is crazy, bro, because I promise you when I say this, I can't see that. And I, and I would even tell Crash, like, you think, bro, I'd win it? You think so? Like, I was actually, and I, I'm not even trying to pick a fucking, you know, someone to, like, tell me, well, what do you call that, a pick-me person? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I would, I literally was like, yo, I, I think this person might actually win it. And I just, in my head, honestly, all the time, bro. All the time. I mean, I think that's part of being a humble person, too. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just kind of how you go about everything, from my experience of, of being with you, is you're just... You're 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 very much where you're at. You're in the moment, mm -hmm. and you're you're not you're not like too proud, and you're not too down. You're just like this perfect balance of like, all right, let's let's just fucking go. Let's figure this out. But you're yep. also some people are so busy thinking about what they could have, they're not getting done what they need to do mm -hmm. to get there. You know, they're missing steps, and it just sounds like you're you're just in a place where you're like, okay, maybe I don't see what it could be, but I'm sure as hell working on what I'm doing right now. Right. Yeah. And Crash and I, we've been working ever since, like, the show ended. And, uh, like, I, I don't really want to talk about the Capitol Record stuff. But just know this, bro. Like, we're going to be the biggest artists ever. Like, and I've said that, like, since I started this shit. And, like, 
I know it. Like, I know it. Of course, there's fucking sad days and shit, but, like, this guy right here, though, is, like, the reason, like, I don't... This is the only thing fucking I could say on... Because I don't go on podcasts and stuff, so this is, like, the <laughs> only podcast recently. Dude, this guy is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. insane good. And he's a lot of the reason why, like, who I am as an artist, you know, as a person as well. And I feel like he doesn't give himself a lot of credit, you know? <laughs> the fact that I found out he was Michael Jackson this late on, <laughs> um, dude, he's you're you're incredible. Unselfish, dude, like that's the thing is like a, a lot of the people in the industry. I just go as I go. I don't know about like certain percentages. What's what's a publishing? You know what what is uh, 360 of of entertainment income? Like you know I don't know all that shit. But what I do know is like seeing a real person and what's like genuine and what's not. And, like, he'll be like, this song could be so phenomenal to me. And I'd be like, bro, that song is so good. You mm -hmm. should release this, like, for real. Oh, yeah. songs that I send you? Yeah. Oh, they're And incredible. then it's just, like, on to the next song, bro. I know. And he... I'm just like, bro, like, <laughs> then let me have it because I <laughs> think this is amazing, bro. Every time I ask him to hear music, it's like, he's like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. But, um, uh, and he's just scrolling for like ten minutes, and you're like, "How do you have enough music to scroll for ten minutes?" It's unbelievable. It's probably it's over five hundred. Well, even he told me like <laughs> when I was on the show, he was like, yeah. "Yeah, I lost a hard drive or like a computer or some shit." Like that was the story like, about the the album I did with Crookers. Oh shit! That that our our car got jacked, and all the hard drives and uh, laptops that we produced sessions, everything. Um, so everything before that album, everything I'd ever made wow. um, since I've had laptops. What what happened? Two thousand ten. Well, you you built up. No since no no then. no. Tell them because they'll be like, what what so happened? What, what happened to the laptop? Yeah. Well yeah, our car got broken into on the last day of recording the album. I don't know what I'm doing. Neither do you. So we went to Rebel Records, recorded the album. We're leaving Friday. Just like let's go like celebrate, have a beer, go over to Silver Lake. Literally have one beer come out, all the windows smashed, and of course I took I told him and another producer that was working with us at the time to bring everything because it was the last day of the session and uh, everything was stolen. Holy so shit! So we all had all of our library stolen at like like second half of 2018. Oh my god! And the only dude. thing I had to my name was that album. Like talk about naked. <laughs> for real like, though mentally yeah. too like you feel oh my god betrayed we went to like the top like sitting it was basically under the hollywood sign overlooking la and it was just like so is this how it ends like is this you know the the nail in the coffin like i don't have i don't have a catalog anymore and i've been doing this for you know at that point like seven years Bro, I would, the energy was probably Holy like just shit. like shit Fuck. Ew, you know, like, <laughs> my, my, my buddy Brett, um, he's a screenwriter. He's one of my best friends, and I told him to come to the session. Uh, he had, like, screenplays and, like, shit that, like, he lost. And it was, like, everyone lost something super creative and then, like, personal to them. Um, but, yeah. So, so all I had was the break. album. Oh, yeah. I've had them, like, bust where you can't fix them, and there's, like, no recovery. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of just, like... Like it's not even sad. It's it's like just pure confused on how it's like it's like death. Yeah. It's like I had something. And it's like you're trying to figure things out and you're like, oh no, but 
because it's not there anymore. Well, and it's like a big part of you. But do you have you, I mean, you clearly have since then made a catalog that's still bigger than most people's careers. Yeah, so 500 since then. That's ridiculous. It's all right. It's all right. I've, I've, made, I've, way, I've made way more. Like, that doesn't count, like, the 80 or whatever at Songhouse. Like, you know, it's just, like, yeah, yeah. shit that I, my voice is on. That's so crazy. Um, That's amazing that, you yes. know, So again, 10, going back hours. to the first, yeah, the, in the first conversation that we had, that, like, it's just another chip that you add to the shoulder. It's like, fuck, well, this will be a good story one day, and it is. Now know? we're here. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you and never it, know in those situations. It clearly, it also shows, hey, if something happens and life strikes, because it does, you still could end up on multiple TV shows with multiple <laughs> yeah. phenomenal deals and and still loving what you do. Like, yep. that's and not And that all it. came after. That all came after that incident. See, that's incredible. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's it's just trusting, right? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and just being and, you know, understanding that, dude, it's not going to be tomorrow, like. Dude, you don't. You just never know. I can meet Justin Bieber at a mall tomorrow and be like, "Yeah, I like your vibe," and like come on to the team. Like, I'm t- telling you, that's how life is. So weird, like that. Absolutely. Well, that's that's part of the reason that people ask. I feel like you have two sides of LA. You have the people that say it's all fake and it's all this and it's all that. First of all, those people are always wrong. If if anything is all something then you haven't explored very much. You haven't mm. left your, your group of friends or whatever it is. It's true. Um, this place is just an accentuation of everything else that comes here. Every different place, every different race, every different type of person, there's just a lot more of them. That's all this is. So everything takes a little bit more effort. You want to find the right friend group, you have to keep trying until you find a couple people that are phenomenal and then you start meeting their friends. Then you yep. start going to these Shabbats yeah, it's and crazy, you have this. Yep. That's exactly how we're sitting in these this room together. Mm-hmm. And this whole place, all you got to do is keep your head down when it's time to work and put your head up when it's time to move. And don't miss the people that are walking past you. Don't take everything too seriously and figure out a way to wake up every day doing what you love while enjoying yourself, Mm -hmm. sitting next to the people that enjoy you. It it makes every bit of the difference. And I think that's what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. This whole experience has been nothing but feeling like like family talking to each other sounds like two like a a younger brother and an older brother having a conversation about how they're going to further their lives in every way possible um and i think you guys both bring that on to everybody around you which is also a big part of the the success is not thinking that there's only enough room for some there's enough room for everybody as long as you're doing your job Uh uh-huh and you're you're a big proponent of that whether you say so or not because everybody that you talk to you try to build up and absolutely and all i hear from you is hey let's work yeah let's let's do this but then also yo let's go to the fucking dog park and <laughs> hang out as like as couples which we did which yep. was it, i mean like i love that i love that experience and and what you and guys i think that comes bring. there's a time for that sorry to cut you off no you're good like there's a time for like um because i i was you know uh studio uh day rat. in day out studio rat like you know and that, but and as you progress through and you know create opportunities for yourself and stuff like you realize it, it's almost like you realize the what's really important and contributing to like yeah. why you create and like why you make anything it's like it, life experiences kind of like manifesting themselves through the music that you make right absolutely um and the reason that i was able to do like 
the few years studio rat and the reason i think anyone is because you lived a lot before the time that you did that yeah. right and there's a lot of material there right a lot of source. i was just gonna say though it's important to live too though yeah because i find myself forcing it and it's like there's so many people like have opinions on no you're spe- co- supposed to be- keep going after like feeling some type of mental block there I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was no, saying, can't. like, um, dude, living is so important. Absolutely. The best way to write a story is to live a story. And, like, yeah. for the biggest, for the longest time, I would be like, I'm a shitty artist because I can't sit here and write a fucking song right now. Right? So I would, I would, I'd be like, I'd listen to Crash and he said, like, just get up and go do some shit. Right? So I'd go do up, get up and d- go do some shit. And then even that whole week, it's nothing. And it's like, what am I doing with my life? This is all I know. All I know is music. Absolutely. If I'm not doing music, it's like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Find your vices outside of what you love. And I promise you'll find stories to, to help do what you love. You know, okay. Find everything that, that makes you get up in the morning and all the things that, that are outside of the, the career. You know, for, for me, it's doing this. It's you know, outside of my fucking absolute diehard passion for making music. It's, I don't have the music without hanging out with musicians. Mm-hmm. I don't have the music without going to the mountains. I don't have the music yep. without going on walks with my girlfriend and my dog. These experiences. Just conversations. Yeah, in life. And, and uh, you might pass a tree and something triggers. Yeah. That gives you something that'll pay for the rest of your life. Yep. But so many people uh, come here and their, their job for themselves is to keep their head down and do nothing but work. And then they're missing out on all the situations that eventually get you to the room that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. It's no, it doesn't have to be the song. It can be the room. It can be the Shabbat. It can be the this. It can be the that. But as long as you're meeting these people and you find yourself with friends, it's a lot easier to write with a friend than it is somebody who, who isn't. Yep. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Before I uh, wrap this up. Dude, wanna... hold on. I am so like... I'm so high right now. That's why I'm wrapping it up. I'm baked. <laughs> like like I'm having anxiety, bro. All right, let's wrap this shit up then. <laughs> All right, I love you both. Thank love you so you too, much man. for Appreciate coming out here. Bro. Appreciate you having us for real. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. And uh, let's do this more often. I think you both have a lot more to teach. And I think a lot of people gain a lot from you guys. Hell yeah. Thank I love you, you guys. Thank you, everybody. And to everybody listening. I'm Tyler Brash. I'm Crash. And, and this, this is, is an experiment. experiment. <laughs> yeah, baby. Goodbye, everybody. Love you guys. Later. The experience is the experiment. <laughs>